Hey everybody, it's Adam Cardinal, Cardinal & Company team at HomeSmart. You are about to watch Home Buying 101 series sponsored by TMF Shamrock Home Loans. Great informative series, many parts to this. Check them all out. If you have any questions about this series, feel free to call us right down at the number below and enjoy watching the video. Hey, it's Adam Cardinal, Cardinal & Company team at HomeSmart. We're in the next segment of Home Buying 101 sponsored by TMF team at Shamrock Home Loans, and we are here with Kelly today. Hello. Little little mixing it up. Megan does some, you does some. We have Kelsey doing some. Mm -hmm. um, so now we're going over uh, processing and underwriting, which is kind of, I'm hearing your expertise, mm -hmm. right? All yes. right. So my offer just got accepted. This, so this is a question coming from a buyer. My offer just got accepted, now what? Congratulations on your offer being <laughs> accepted. I'm sure it was a fun ride. So now that the offer is accepted, usually what happens is Adam sends us the purchase and sales, which just shows us the agreement that says what you're signing up for, what you're buying. We take that purchase and sales and put it together with your application to make sure that everything matches. From there, Megan calls you as the client to go over what you're signing up for because there are some times where there are different ways you are pre-approved, so we wanna make sure that all of it is set in stone. We go over estimate numbers, estimate payments. And, and also, is now a good time to, everyone gets into it, especially where, where now the, the rates are a little volatile, they're, they're moving around, mm -hmm. and I know people are, people are approaching the fives and into the fives, and, and they're worried. When my parents bought their first house in the 80s, it was 18%. <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> Five is still amazing. When can they lock that rate in? So if we're still in a fluctuating market, when can they lock that in? So the day that we get a purchase and sales and the application goes out is the day that your rate is locked. Just because rates do change every single day and we're with the motions, so we get locked the rate that day and it is locked until up to your closing date. What happens if, I know because it's just, real estate is a living, breathing, moving entity. Sometimes things have to change. Mm -hmm. What happens if that closing date was supposed to be on X day, but for some reason, maybe a, a repair is being done or the seller has to find housing? What happens if we have to bump that closing date, say out two weeks? What happens to that, that rate lock? So the rate lock, depending on what, when the rate does lock there, we do give a buffer a couple days after closing just because we understand that things happen. There are options depending on where the rates are that day if we have to extend it. There are options that the agent can go to the seller. If it's something on the seller side, we can talk about negotiating the cost of extending your rate. If not, there are small costs that go into play if you were to extend your rate for two weeks out, depending on the situation. And and situationally, it, say if it's something that is on, all right, so maybe it's the buyer side, maybe we're waiting for a verification of employment mm -hmm. and that's what delays us. But if it's on the seller side and in the cause of the seller caused the delay, which caused the, the rate lock to potentially expire, mm -hmm. uh, is the buyer always on the hook to pay? Or can that be negotiated? Mm, absolutely can be negotiated. It's not always on the hook. Again, depends on the situation. If the, the seller couldn't get out in time or something had happened on their end, they're on vacation, whatever excuse it is, you can definitely negotiate the price of whatever the extension is to the seller. So they had the initial consult way back. So maybe, maybe this was three <laughs> weeks ago, but in, in, in crazy markets, maybe it was months ago. Mm -hmm. So that was to get your pre-approval. But now you, you're really moving forward into a formal application process. Mm -hmm. so, so what does that look like? So once your application does go out, it, there's a couple things that come into play and estimate numbers that go in as well. You're going to be signing a lot of documents. A, a big portion of that is your loan estimate, 
it is an estimate. Nothing on here is set in stone. Of course, we're gonna have your purchase price set in stone. The things that can change is taxes and also home insurance. Home insurance, we put in an estimate number. So at this time, this is when the client does go shop for their insurance. And then as for taxes, since depending on the year and how the towns do their taxes, we get the numbers offline. And then once they are in processing, we reach out to the town to make sure that the taxes are accurate. If taxes go up, we do adjust it as we go in process, but they are well aware of what's happening while they're in, in the background. Excellent. So they're gonna start sending things in. And I know in the, in the past where I've had clients and maybe we're moving, maybe we're doing extended closing, maybe it's a 60 day close, maybe for sellers finding suitable housing and we're moving from month to month to month. And I know sometimes a buyer can get frustrated. It's like, I already sent my bank statements. I already sent my pay stubs. <laughs> um, why do you need that stuff again? So we do, every document we have does expire in the underwriting's eyes. So um, usually assets or bank statements do expire after 30 to 60 days, depending on the product that you're in. Updated bank statements is to also ensure that you're not buying a car, you have the money to close and everything is in good standing. So this is the time where we're just like, please don't touch anything. Let's keep this nice and easy. And also there's other things that the underwriter is looking at for the bank statements and all updated stuff. Make sure that you didn't get a demotion. Make sure that your deposit came out of your account correctly and you didn't get any money from go down the street those types of things. Yeah. Because if, if somebody did receive money from someone else, maybe a family member, um, you have to vet those deposits. Yes. So what can they do if they're getting a gift? How, say that, you say they're a parent or a friend or you know a rich uncle who's an oil tycoon. <laughs> um, what do they do? Like, you know, I got this X amount of dollars that's being gifted to me. Like, mm -hmm. how do I prove that I, where I got that from? The secret word is paper trails of everything. Right. So we ask that if you get any gifts from anyone, we need a paper trail. Unfortunately, we cannot paper trail any type of mattress money or any cash given from grandpa from your birthday or whatever the situation was, we need paper trails. So we would just reach out to the gifter and ask for bank statements just to prove the trail going into their account. And they would and issue, they would sign a, a gift letter as well. Correct. So, that. And, and that would back up the trail. It would say it would come from mom, it's going into um, daughter's account, it came on this time and this account, and everyone signs that they agreed that they know that the gift funds were moved around. Yeah, and that's not something that's specific for you. People, oh, you know, everyone's getting deep into my business. <laughs> that is national. national. That is a national standard. <laughs> Absolutely yeah. it is. So you've done the application, the formal application, and now the loan is going into formal processing. Yes. So what, take us through those steps. Absolutely. Once the application is fully signed, you are officially in processing. We send out an intro email with a list of updated documents because sometimes people have been shopping for about six months, so we need the updated pay stubs, the updated bank statements, and anything else that we can kind of scrub through that we're going to see that the underwriter needs. Once that happens, usually about a week or two into processing, the underwriter jumps in for their first look at their yep. file to make sure there's no red flags or anything that we're going to need for commitment. A commitment is the lender's way of saying, we are approving you for this loan, we just need A, B, and C to get to closing. Yep. So the commitment is the middle mark for us to get through. And in the beginning of the process to the processors order title, appraisal, and all the internal items that we need on our end too. So there's a lot of moving parts. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, they have to order, yeah, appraisal, title gets ordered. Mm -hmm. At that point, we have already um, given them choices of a closing attorney who they can choose from, mm -hmm. uh, home insurance, the same. They have lists, we have lists to, to provide you. Um, what I really like is that you guys stay 
just that open dialogue with the buyers, with the agents. Mm -hmm. You don't keep anything secret. So um, like once a week, right? When, when do you reach out? So we reach out on Tuesdays. We call it Tuesday update days. So as a team, we go together through everyone that we're working with and go through as a team what the updates are to make sure that the realtors are updated with the same updates we have for the clients. There is no secrets while this is all happening. We're just working through and everybody has a different puzzle that we're just trying to solve to get to the closing table. I love that aspect of it because I've worked with many lenders in the past that you, once you give them the sales agreement, you're, you're ghost for like 30 days. Mm -hmm. I can't get an update. I'm trying to haunt them. Mm -hmm. But you guys have systems and processes in place mm -hmm. that register. It's time to do this. It's time to do that. And it's, it's, it's not Mickey Mouse for, you know, for lack of a better, better Absolutely. word. What are some do's and don'ts while being in processing for a buyer? Major do's and don'ts is please keep your job. Do not quit your job. Don't start a new business. Please keep everything as your pre-approval was as normal as possible. Of course, if you get a raise, that is a different story. We ask no cash deposits during processing because then we hit some bumps in the road. So we ask also that you do not open any other types of lines or credit. Please don't buy a car. Don't open any additional debt. Hold off to purchase your new furniture before moving into the house, wait until after closing day, just to ensure that we do not hit any other bumps in the road while yeah. in processing. Whether it's uh, an old wives tale or a, or a myth, you always hear about the myth that the, the buyers that received the clear to close and then went to XYZ furniture store and opened up a line of credit to spend 10 grand on brand new dining room set and bedroom set and then their whole mortgage Mm -hmm. it, it got tanked. Do not do anything until every document is signed and then afterwards, do as you please. <laughs> so um, getting your commitment letter, what is, what is the commitment letter? I know I have a way of looking at it and explaining it, but mm -hmm. what, what would you, how would you explain a commitment letter to a buyer? A commitment letter is our version of saying that you are approved for this loan. It is saying that the underwriter has reviewed all the documents you had sent through um, reviewed the appraisal, anything that they saw that there was in the red flags in the beginning that we needed to solve. This is them saying, you are approved. And then they just ask for a couple of extra items to get to closing. Usually it's just updated stuff. Yeah, love that. There's going to be uh, initial closing disclosures that are sent out. Mm -hmm. um, what information is on those disclosure statements that the buyer's looking at? Yeah, so the initial closing disclosure comes out usually about a week or two before closing. It has numbers on there that are close to your final numbers. So we're gonna have your updated insurance on there once you finally find out what insurance policy you're gonna go with. It has your updated taxes on it now that we have reached out to the town and it's going to have a very close to or what to expect for your cash to close. It is not final until we get the clear to close. Um, and then there is some uh, time sensitive documents that they're going to receive as well. What, what are those documents and why is that so time sensitive? Time sensitive documents is the um, initial closing disclosure. The reason why we ask them to sign it right away when they get it because it starts a three day waiting period before we can officially close you. So if some clients wait until a couple days before closing, we have to wait three business days until we can close you. So that's why we ask you to sign it right away. Um, in closing, is there anything else, uh, any advice that you would give a buyer that is in this, this processing phase of a mortgage? So at the very end of the process, we ask that everything stays the same until you are officially closed and have everything signed. Please don't spend the money that's in your account. Use for um, to, uh, the cash to close at the very end. 
please don't open any lines of credit till the very end after closing because it, it does make a difference when we say clear to close and your closing is next week. Those five days can make a huge difference in between then. We ask you to stay absolutely patient and then we'll be in touch with all of your final numbers um, right before closing to make sure that you are good to go. Excellent, perfect. Thank you so much. I really appreciate no this problem. today. Thanks, Adam. So you guys have been watching Home Buying 101 sponsored by TMF Team at Shamrock Home Loans. Adam Cardinal, Cardinal & Company team at HomeSmart. If you're looking to sell or buy NRI, I'm your guy. We'll see you next time.